Hey, you guys, welcome back to another episode of Black Hair Care No Chaser. I know you guys have been inconsistent with recording, and honestly, this podcast was meant to be kind of an outlet for me um, because I spend so much time talking to white people and trying to teach them about their black children's hair. So if you don't know me, my name is Kenesha Tillman, and I'm the owner of Tutus and Tennis Shoes, which is a hair care education company. I specialize in teaching white adoptive parents how to take care of their black kids' hair. And what comes along with with teaching hair care is you also have to teach culture. You also have to teach white people to be less racist. You have to teach them some of the nuances in the world or how the world functions for black people, which is different than white people. And doing that day in and day out can be exhausting. You are constantly coming into situations where people treat you as if they expect you to do free labor for them. Um, They have a bunch of microaggressions, just all these things that consistently exhaust me and sometimes make me feel like I am completely living on a different planet. So Black Hair Care No Chaser was a way to kind of um, escape from that or give me some outlet. And you know, for the last couple of months and during COVID and stuff, I haven't been using it. And I don't know why, cause I have had plenty to talk about. So anyway, um, one of the things that I have to talk about that definitely came up for me yesterday was um, all skin folks and kin folk. Now, if you ain't never heard this saying before, that basically means just because they look like look like us, look like black people, don't mean that they align themselves with black people, and don't mean that they are a safe person to be around. Um, and so, let me give you a little backstory. I'm in all kinds of adoption groups and. Um, one of them, and it's not necessarily an adoption group, it's more so a group that tries to educate parents on how to affirm and uplift their black child. And in this particular group, somebody had a semi hair question and the young lady is white. She has a biracial daughter. Um, and so her question was about her daughter's hair. Her daughter is having all these emotional responses to her hair. She's been crying about her hairstyle. She's been avoiding her curls. Um, I think the mother says that the daughter wants to style her hair in some cosplay styles because she really likes anime. Um, and she's also dealing with some acne, right? So I am pretty sure that she was directing the question more to the black, uh, moderators in the group who usually are the, um, like the highlighted voices. So this particular group um, makes a point to let people know that the black voices are the ones that are the, have the highest priority in a group, right? But it, it never fails. Whenever posts come in and they, even if the original poster says, um, I would like black people to respond only, whatever, a bunch of white people jump on. And the amount of <laughs> suggestions that are either irrelevant or asinine is amazing. It really makes me believe that we obviously live on two different planets or two different dimensions. I don't know. But anyway, um, one of the comments which really stuck out to me was actually from a black woman. Um, She identified as biracial and she went on to tell this white woman that she could absolutely allow her daughter to dress up and pretend to be white. Um, she said she went through phases where she wanted straight hair and she wanted, you know, to basically present in a different way. She said, just because your daughter's black, it doesn't mean that's how she always considers herself. 
as a biracial woman, I choose throughout the day and even while within single situation, if I'm giving a black response or a white one, she is the only one who gets to define her identity. It sounds like you are forcing her to completely ignore her white identity and that is not helpful. So anyway, the lady goes on to basically say that this biracial child who, now I'm gonna tell y'all, I consider biracial black. If you are mixed with black, when your appearance is black, you're black. Unless you are white presenting and you can pass, you're pretty much black, okay. So um, she goes on to tell this white parent that her biracial child can pretend to be white some days. If she wants to show up as white and say that she's white, then she can absolutely do that. If there's anybody black listening, y'all know this sounds absolutely crazy. This black child cannot show up as white. Like you just, you can't, but it doesn't stop there. So there's an offshoot group from this group that is basically like the break room for all the black voices, the moderators who are there to try to educate white people. Because again, educating white people and having to talk to and deal with white people is exhausting to say the least. It feels like you are in a twilight zone. Um, it can be mentally and physically and emotionally draining. So anyway, there's a breakout room. And in the breakout room, it's supposed to be black people. So I made the post, like, are we letting the biracial people in that think that they are white and can, you know, flip flop back and forth between being black and white? And um, the lady, the same lady ends up commenting. Let me, I'm going to pull up some of, I'm going to pull up her comments so that I don't misquote her. But essentially she goes on this whole long debate with me that because she is biracial, some moments she's white and some moments she's black. And I even use the example that I am overweight and some moments I may feel exceptionally skinny. For instance, when I leave the gym and I've had a really good workout, I feel super skinny, right? I feel like I could probably fit a size two. Now, me feeling that way and it actually being a reality is two different things. I can go buy all the size two pants I want to, but guess what? These legs, they ain't getting in them. Like I probably would not be able to get an ankle in a size two. So essentially I would be naked if I decided to shop for my current feeling of being skinny in a size two. But this lady goes on to say how much um, she absolutely believes that because if she feels white in the moment, then that means she is white. Then she went on to say that um, groups that are supposed to be for black people, and this is online and in real life, I suppose, have always been discriminatory towards her and that she feels like she could never be black enough for the black groups. And that's why she doesn't identify as being black. So I asked her very simply, and why are you in a black group? Matter of fact, why are you in two black groups? One of them are meant to affirm black children. Why are you there? She goes on to say, well, I have a black daughter that she adopted. And so I'm there so I can learn from black women how to affirm her. Hard pause. So you in this black group, and sometimes you think you black, but other times you don't. So that you can learn how to be black and then you can also learn how to affirm your black daughter. I, I don't even, so I would really, really like people who are going the adoption route to strongly consider 
not adopting black children if they have not worked on their anti-black views of the world. It is not it is not this either or idea of, well, if I don't adopt them, then they'll just be left and squander and nobody will up. No, 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 ma'am. That's not always true. But also, just because you adopt them doesn't necessarily mean you're providing a safe and loving place for them. This woman <laughs> proved that she is completely anti-Black, that whoever raised her, because uh, she did say she grew up in a white home, in a white neighborhood, and she realizes she has a lot of white cultures and it's hard for her to subtract some of that and it's hard for her to learn, unlearn her anti-Blackness and this, this, and that. Um, with that being your baseline, you are not the safe, the safest place for a black child. She, she's not, she's toxic. She hates parts of herself, mainly the black parts. Um, and she proved it over and over and over again in this conversation. And it really, really bugged me yesterday. And I obviously it's still in my mind because I'm talking about it on this podcast. I'm using this podcast as a way to, um, finally get this out. I mean, I guess... Like I talked to my friend about it yesterday and she's a black woman um, and she completely off top knew how absurd this sounded, right? But here I am today still mulling it over in my mind and trying to understand how anybody can say, oh, well, you can just pretend to be something else. When you are experiencing an eating disorder, and you have lost all the weight that you can possibly lose, right? You're at an unhealthy low and you still see yourself as being fat and you still act and make decisions as if you are overweight and fat and you need to lose weight. They diagnose that as a mental challenge. There are treatments to help you heal. There are treatments to align how you see yourself with what you are actually are. But somehow when biracial women decide that they are not black, that they are in fact half and half and can flip flop back and forth. And when they feel white, they can operate in this world as white. Nobody says anything. Nobody says that that is in fact another mental challenge. And that no matter how much you may feel like you're white, if you are not white presenting your body, your skin, your features look black, you can feel that you white all you want to and you are showing up in the world as black and you are therefore causing a lot of confusion, hurt, pain, um, and disconnect for yourself. So she went on to say that she's the only person that feels like she's white. She says in no way, does anybody else who see her say, oh, there's that white girl. They all see her as black, but she decided that she has the option of choosing whether or not she's black. So then she goes on to say um, that, what did she say? I'm scrolling you guys. So I asked her, so what do you put on your formal forms? Like when you are filling out government forms, your passport or whatever, what do you put? Do you put other? Well, other is offensive. I said, so what do you put? Because they have black, white, Asian, and then you got the option to like choose, what is it, Latino or Hispanic? And then they have other. They don't have this mysterious biracial. And I find a lot of biracial people who were raised by white mothers seem to think that biracial is like a true, recognized thing in this world. It's not, it is not. Somehow white mothers, because of their insecurities, raise these children to believe 
which they obviously they obviously know that it's not correct because a lot of these kids grow up with identity issues but they raise these children to believe that somehow they are completely different than every other black person walking this planet that they are biracial and therefore they are not a part of the black community when you decided to lay down with a black man you made a child that was a part of the black community and whether he completely assimilated to white culture or not and whether he's strong enough and, and confident enough in blackness or he is you know confident enough to do life without you because i've met plenty of black men who date white women and will never tell them the truth because they are not confident enough to do life without the benefits that come with a white woman or the perceived benefits that come with a white woman so they let their wife girlfriend baby mama think all these untruths and let them pass them on to their children and never correct it for their own selfish reason and needs but if you are one of these women who decided to procreate with a black man, you gave birth to a black child. And just because the child identifies as black and finds self-confidence in being black, it doesn't make you not their mother. It doesn't omit you as their mother. White culture says that whiteness is only, um, is only applicable when it's pure. Black culture doesn't say that. Black culture has no no requirement of being some kind of pure blackness or some kind of pure anything to be considered black. The beauty of black is that it comes in all varieties. It comes in all colors. It comes with all different textures of hair. It comes with different languages and dialects. It comes with um, different features. It comes with different concentrations of melanin, different preferences for food, for music, for art. Black is literally um, encompassing everybody of African descent. And if you have melanin, you are of African descent. I don't care if your daddy was Haitian. I don't care if your mama was Jamaican or your mama was from Senegal or your daddy was from South Africa or your mama was German and Irish and she had, she procreated with this Senegalese man, you are now black. And you are a part of the beautiful variety of blackness. And the sooner you accept that you are black, the sooner you can live fully in your life. You can be your full self and be happy and be proud of however your skin is and however your hair is, however your nose sits on top of your lips, it's beautiful. Whenever you're trying to aspire to be white and, and you are black or you have black in you, you will always be confused and sad and miserable because whiteness requires purity. Whiteness does not allow for a variety like blackness does. Whiteness is a part of white supremacy, which is completely and entirely set on demonizing black skin demonizing people who live in black skin, keeping them under whiteness, always showing that somehow they are not enough, are not worthy of value, are not, um, not meant to be loved, only meant to work, only meant to, you know, basically be um, the undesirables. But all that is a myth. White supremacy is based on a freaking myth. 
Um, and when you raise black children in a household and you are afraid to tell them that they're black and you're afraid to affirm them in their blackness, you leave them, you leave them in this myth of life and you leave them kind of caught in between and never being able to truly appreciate themselves. You leave them in a place where they literally hate themselves. This girl went on and on with a chip on her shoulder about being called black, but then she decided to gaslight the other black women that were trying to educate her and tell her, and she told us that we were not accepting her. When we said, especially I said over and over and over again, you are black, you are absolutely black. I don't care what you sound like. I don't care what you do, don't do, do eat, how you pray, how you poop, how you pee. You are black. There is no, she said, well, I'm not, every time I'm around black people, they tell me I'm not black enough because I don't fit the stereotype. Well, honey, what stereotype? Because if you think there's a definite stereotype of blackness, that means you've already assumed that I fit it. There's no definite stereotype of blackness. And whatever that stereotype is, it must be a bad one because you are trying to stay as far as hell from it as possible. All that is a part of your white upbringing and it is causing you self-hate. And it's not that we don't accept you. We have, you're obviously in the group. You're obviously in the black group. So you have been accepted. And until you said, I'm not black, I'm biracial you were thought of as being black completely and fully and uplifted but now you are turning your back on the black sisters that you expect to teach you how to affirm your black daughter the one that you selfishly adopted before you were mentally and emotionally ready to be a safe space for now you want us to come in and be your captain save them while you simultaneously think that we ain't shit home girl you're tripping And not just she's tripping, but any white woman, because they're all the worst at this shit. Any white woman that has given birth to a black child that insists on raising a black kid in this nonsense, you're tripping also. We don't owe you. Either you are going to check your anti-black ideas and your racist ways, and then you're going to affirm your black child, or maybe you should not be adopting black children and or you should not be sleeping with black people creating more black children. I don't understand how these people got all the way to adulthood and don't remember um, learning about um, recessive and dominant genes. You know, blue eyes is recessive. It takes quite a few of those to be in the bloodline for a person to be born with blue eyes. Brown skin, brown eyes, dark hair, curly hair are all a part of dominant genes that are all a part of the African lineage. So whenever you decide to procreate with a black person, you are going to come out with a black child. Unless y'all both have a bunch of recessive genes, then you may get lucky in your eyes, because it's not luck in my eyes, but you may get lucky and produce a child that nobody knows is black. And they can go through this world and and try to forget and try to suppress that part of them. It doesn't make any sense though. I don't know why you would want to suppress and not be a part of such a uh, wonderful community. I don't know why this woman is so hell bent on standing out here on this biracial island of her own that she created in her head. I also don't know why if she knows she feels a lot of hurt 
and pain and she's struggling with this identity issue that she would go into a group that is meant to teach white people how to affirm and uplift black people and tell them that the appropriate way to help a biracial child who's going through possibly a cri uh, identity crisis is to content is to try to pretend to be white just try it out for a day she doesn't have to be black every day the fuck if she don't her skin is black every day. Her daddy is black as hell. She black. She black, black, okay? She can't go into the world and pretend to be white. Soon as racism hits y'all biracial behind that are out there pretending to be white, then you want to come back and want, to, want us to have sympathy and want us to stand at the front of the picket lines and want us to boycott and want us to pass laws and want us to do all these things to make the world more comfortable for you. But no, you wanna be biracial? Go on out there, be biracial, and see how the world treats you. So the other biracial woman in the group tried to basically say that the black people who still um, ascribe to the one drop rule are like ignorant or it's, you know, antiquated. And that when she tries to say that she's black, um, she's forgetting about her white heritage and her white family and she never wants to downplay them or forget their heritage and their culture first of all who do you think created the one percent rule i don't think any black person sat around and said hey let me figure out a new way to be discriminated against let me figure out how i can make life harder on myself the one percent rule was to separate the offspring of the slave master you know, when he got done raping black women, when he got done lusting after our beautiful chocolate skin and thick hips and wide lips, when he got done making kids to, 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 to separate himself from his kids, they said that 1% made those kids not his and made them black and made them susceptible to whatever laws and expectations and way of life that was set out for black people, it made those kids fall right in that group. And we are not past it. We may not be living in the era of Jim Crow, but we are not past it. That one drop rule still applies. If you look anything other than white, you're not white. I don't care if your mama told you, Megan, that somehow you were going to be different. You're not like those other black girls. You are. The only difference is the closer to white, the, the lighter you are, the looser your curls are, the more that Hollywood thinks that you are the palatable, pal more palatable black girl. And unfortunately for us real black women, we have to see you time and time again on the stage as our representation. And when you come down, you're looking down on us and trying to turn your nose up at us and say how you're not us. But you only got that role because they were looking for a black person and you were less intimidating. You were less great than a real, and I, so when I say real, I'm talking about the black women, despite their ethnic, despite their ethnic or genetic makeup, the real black women who stand in their blackness confidently and take whatever comes with it, the good and the bad. The ones that are kind of wish-washy, y'all not real. <laughs> we don't own you. You know, we, we don't 
we don't claim you because you don't claim us, but y'all the ones that end up on that stage, whether the stage is really Hollywood or the stage is figuratively speaking, y'all are always the ones that's chosen to represent the rest of the black community. And it's a kick in the damn face because y'all not us. Y'all not us. You say it over and over again. Y'all not us. And that's fine. But don't come to us when it's convenient or when it's fun or when, you know, somehow your thighs that have been too big for your white side are now accepted on the black side and you want that attention. Don't come over here with that. Go on back over there with that same energy. Go on back over there where they showed you time and time again, you're never going to be white enough. You're just a little bit of a, um, like they give you a little bit of grace. They, they give you a, a little bit of, ooh, I wish I could think of the word. Um, I can't think of the word, so I'm going to come off that train of thought because y'all listening to a podcast and don't nobody want to listen to me have brain farts. I realize that. Um, I think that's pretty much most of my thoughts on this whole biracial thing. Biracial is black, just like Afro-Latino is black, just like Jamaican is black, Haitian is black, Senegalese is black, Kenyan is black, African-American is black, Afro-British is black. We are a community and we are stronger when we all accept each other and realize that we um, come in a variety of looks and a variety of interests and a variety of styles and a variety of dialects. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I have not made jokes, especially about biracial people. My friend is mixed and she grew up in white culture and she do a lot of stuff that's odd for her to be in that brown skin of hers with that beautiful curly hair. And it's mainly because she do white folk shit. So I joke with her like, okay, there go that white girl and you coming out. But at the end of the day, she's still black. She's still a part of my community. Her kids are my kids. The only people that say otherwise are white people and that's to keep us separated and to keep us downplayed and to continue this myth that somehow black is not worthy and black is wrong. And if you buy into it, well, I'm sorry for you because you're missing out on a on a, a lot of greatness. That's for sure. There's some real truth in black girl magic and black boy joy. And we out here living our best lives. So if you're out there being biracial, trying to abstain from being black because you don't want to forget about your white parents, let me let you know. If you light skin with loose curls, we already know you got a white parent somewhere, white grandma something. We, what what's understood don't need to be talked about you saying you black is not erasing them that's their own insecurity come on over here girl come on into the fold go to a hbcu go to a black festival matter of fact i'm going to urban camp weekend in june and i can't wait and i bet you i bet you 100 there will be biracial men and women out there living their best black life Y'all sitting over there in that biracial island all by yourself, lonely as confused as fuck. I don't understand. But anyway, that's all I'm going to talk to y'all about today. I hope you have a good day. Um, drop me some comments. I think you can leave comments on the podcast. If not, shoot me an email at heykanisha at tutustennisshoes.com. Again, my name is Kanisha Tillman. I'm the owner of Tutus Tennis Shoes, Tutus and Tennis Shoes, which is a hair care education company. You can find my website at 
tutustennisshoes.com. On social media, I am, on Instagram anyway, I am tutus underscore tennis underscore shoes. And on Facebook, I am forward slash tutus tennis shoes. All right. Talk to you guys later.